start um, at around uh, verse 39. Verse 39. Let's read it together. He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Praise God for his word. Amen. You can, you can be seated. Amen. Uh, before I get started, I want to mention that uh, right now, all the videographers that we have are youth, young people. We need, we need some adults to volunteer to be camera persons. Amen? You know, so we have that presence as well and, and that focus. Amen? We're thankful for the young folks that are manning cameras, but we need to... We need a few adults, too, ladies or gentlemen. Amen? It is not a gender-specific uh, task. Amen. And, uh, but we need some folk. We Facebook Live now, and anybody enjoyed that when you were out one Sunday or something like that? So we want to build this team of folk, and, and we also need people who can, you know, go behind the scenes and do a little bit of production process, what they call switching from camera to camera and producing, things like that. So we need some volunteers. Um, and then nursery and children's church always needs assistance. It's not just a matter of, uh, you know, teaching or instructing the children. It's all kinds of little tasks that you can perform, including check-in and greeting and you know, assisting and setup and breakdown, things like that. So, uh, so uh, that's a place for you. We ask you to get involved. Amen. And then for the parents who take advantage of it, amen, they might be kind of prudent to give back one Sunday. Amen. Might be a prudent thing to do, a nice thing to do. Amen, somebody. Uh, you saw the video announcements and... Uh, a prayer walk is coming up. Uh, I'll ask you to connect with it by signing up in the lobby as soon as possible. We don't want to, we want to build the numbers and, and have a good uh, presence out in the community leading up to Easter. Amen, somebody. And uh, I want to meet with the recent graduates of uh, the School of Leaders, the recent graduates of the School of Leaders this coming Sunday at 9 a.m., this coming Sunday. That would be March the 24th at 9 a.m. Uh, the the uh, recent graduates of the School of Leaders. We've got a couple logistical things we need to talk about. And Amen. All right. I think that's, uh, that's all I need to mention for now. I'll come back. Praise God. Uh, thankful for any first-time guests in the house, visitors. Thank you for your presence. Uh, uh, the video announcement asks you to please fill out the Connect card and to please do that for us. We'd like very much to reach out to you to say thank you very much 
for being here today, and we'd like to invite you back. We won't bombard you with communication, but we would like to reach out to you periodically and, uh, and uh, tell you about things that's going on at Rejoice. Amen? All right. Good to see everybody this morning. I think this is a spring break weekend, so I imagine I'm, I'm going to just assume that uh, folk, are, folk are out today because they've taken a trip that they needed to take. Amen. Y'all think I'm right? Partially, partially. Amen. There's also a lot of sports games on. Where the brothers at? Raise your hands, brothers. Okay. Good, good number of brothers in the house. Okay. I, you know, I watched the game last night myself while I was still trying to meditate a little bit. I was, I was multitasking, multitasking. In the spirit. <laughs> That's why I'm getting started so slow this morning. <laughs> but uh, one of our members' uh, son, Jaron Lewis, he plays for Abilene Christian, and uh, he, uh, he, he, his team, the Southland Conference, advanced. They won ESPN last night. Advanced to the NCAA uh, tournament. Amen. And uh, he, uh, so that's the first time in the history of that school that they advanced to the tournament. And uh, Jaron Lewis, I remember, was, uh, was the most valuable player of the tournament. <laughs> Amen. See, see, I used to school that boy. <laughs> no, nah, seriously, man, I did. I used to beat him up until like, to up until he got in like the eighth grade. <laughs> you know, he's six, he's six, six with like a six, eleven wingspan. And uh, he can play. Amen, somebody. He laughs at us now. <laughs> All right, so we've been on this series, God is Able. And I want, I want you to know that God is able today to empower you and equip you to reach people. Amen, somebody. God is able. You know, it seems so difficult sometimes to reach people, um, to connect with people, to invite people, to, uh, to uh, attract people. And, uh, and, and times are changing, so we got to use uh, different strategies the United States of America is more like a mission field now as opposed to a Christian nation. Amen? More like a mission field. And so if you were in a mission field, let's say you went over to uh, a country like Spain, you would have to learn the language. You would have to get to know the people. You would have to invest in building a relationship but prior to inviting a person to know Christ and to come to church. Amen? Uh, same thing. You just can't do a, a drive-by kind of invitation to Christ anymore. It's, it's, more, it's more difficult nowadays than it is before, especially with the event of social media in that they've been given uh, a laundry list of critiques for Christ and his church. And uh, a, a, a great number of people have never been to church. Amen? Never been to church never were taken to church, never were exposed to church. Uh, 
Ironically, uh, there, was a, there was a study done of 300,000 members of churches, and three-fourths of the people who came to the church were invited by someone. Amen, somebody. Uh, I was in a minister alliance meeting a couple weeks ago, and uh, a couple of statistics were thrown out. If these statistics are accurate, they are appalling and uh, shocking, and we got to do something about it. One is that uh, Orlando has been designated the third most central city in the country. The third most central city in the country. I wonder what that entails. And Orlando has been dubbed the seventh worst church, uh, uh, you know, worst in, ch in church attendance in the nation. The seventh in the nation. Those are, t those are two rankings that, that we don't want. Amen, somebody. And we got to do something about, you know. We've had some hits, but every community has had hits. And, you know, as far as uh, churches that have some turmoil and some uh, conflict and some problems and some failings and in some instances some moral, prominent moral failings have occurred and they adversely affect the Christian community's witness. Uh, but that's nothing new. Amen. And Jesus uh, warned us that there would be what we might call wolves in sheep's clothing and uh, that there would be wheat and weeds together in the church. And he said that I'm going to come with my winnowing fan to make the separation. That's why I don't understand this hypocrisy argument. Yes, yeah, hypocrites up in here. That's where we're supposed to be. <laughs> Amen. In other words, my, my lifestyle isn't, isn't quite matching my beliefs. Not, not quite. Amen. That's what a sinner is. But somehow, somehow, because of uh, the self-righteous, condemning, judgmental uh, uh, propagation of the faith, you know, we have offended the world even more so. Because the world thinks all we care about is identifying their sin. Amen? Not about them developing a relationship with God. They think we're just labelers, and in that sense, intolerant, uh, judgmental, condemning, bigots, discriminatory. Amen, somebody. So we get designated the worst of these instead of the best of these. When Jesus didn't produce that example, amen, Jesus went among folk who were designated sinners, Amen? Fraternized with people who were off-limits and taboo. Amen? He went uh, and spent time with the last, the least, the lost. Amen? He even said himself, I didn't come to condemn. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? I came to see about unhealthy folk. And guess what? He said, if you're not unhealthy... I didn't come to see about you. In other words, he said the whole population is unhealthy. Amen? And if you don't recognize your, un your unhealthiness, even when you know Christ, I am ushered into the kingdom on the arms of Christ. I can't get in without him. Yeah. 
It's not because of my righteousness. It's not because of my perfection. It's not because I'm excellent in any way. It's because I've been redeemed. I've been reconciled. I've been atoned. I've been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. And my focus, when my focus is on him, when I repent, you know, even repentance has been distorted. Repentance is not, it's all about remorse and regret and, you know, and uh, sin recognition. Amen. Repentance is, is that, but repentance really means, in its purest form, changing your mind. Amen. Has your mind been changed? And it's all about changing your mind towards God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In other words, is God on the throne? Amen. That's what repentance means. It means to turn towards God. As people of Christ, all we're trying to do is get people to turn toward God. Not designate their sin, not identify their sin, not authenticate their sin, not validate their sin, not recognize their sin, but, but just get them to turn toward God. That's it. But we overcomplicate it. <laughs> Amen? Because people can sniff out disdain and contempt. Amen? People can, they can spell it when you think that somehow you're better. An arrogant, conceited approach to the faith is doing damage to the faith. Amen? And so there has to be a change. Amen? In our text today, it's focused on Andrew. He's obscure. He's not talked about much as one of the disciples. He is, uh, he is not one of those disciples with a legend behind you know, them, a lot of disciples have legends about how the works they did, the miracles they performed, uh, the persecution that they underwent, the type of uh, execution or death, martyrdom that, that they experienced. Andrew doesn't have that kind of history, but he has this distinction among being disciples as being an inviter, inviting. Amen, somebody. Look at the text. It says, the next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by the sa and said, behold, the Lamb of God. Amen. John is called Jesus the Lamb of God. And the thing about Andrew is he's known first as a follower of John the Baptist. He's devout. He's trying to get it right. Praise God. He's heard this, this forerunner announcing that the Messiah is on the way. The two disciples heard him say this and, and then heard him basically say, John the Baptist say, that the Lamb of God has arrived, the Messiah, the Christ has arrived. And, and, and it didn't take Andrew much time. Almost automatically, immediately, instantaneously, he committed to Christ because his mentor and his, and his coach and his, uh, his, his spiritual leader directed him to one greater than him. Amen. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and, and followed Jesus was Andrew. So Andrew's around Jesus now, spending time with Jesus now, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, and Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, 
he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. So he, he took a break from being in the presence of Jesus to go get his brother, his blood brother, amen, Simon. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And you know, later on, Peter's designated Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So Peter's given the keys to the kingdom. So Andrew, seeming to be lesser than Peter, amen, but he's the one who brought Peter to Christ. Amen, somebody. He reached across the table because this is his brother. Amen. His brother. How, how do you reach family? Amen. Are we, are, we, are we trying to reach family? Is it important to us to reach family? Do we bring our family members to Christ? Are we concerned about the status of their souls? Are we reaching across the table to reach our family? Amen. Some of us, it's going to be difficult <laughs> because we don't have much of a relationship with these folks. Amen. Family members that we are estranged from. Amen. Now, which tells you something about Andrew. Andrew found a way to build or rebuild a relationship with his brother. Nobody gives you credibility unless you're in relationship with them. Nobody acknowledges your authority unless you're in relationship with them. So somehow, even if there was some tension between Andrew and Peter, and who, Simon, who became Peter, then Andrew had reestablished and established a relationship with his brother to such an extent where he was, he was dubbed to have credibility. Amen? He was dubbed to have integrity. He was dubbed to be a person who was honest. Amen? You know, first thing we need to do with family members, if you did them wrong, apologize. Just apologize. You know something? I was wrong at, certain, at a certain juncture. I know you may be still upset, and, and I, I just thought back to a time, a different day, a different, I was a different me. You know something? I never apologized for that offense. I never apologized for, for doing you wrong. I never apologized. So let, let me try to make this right. We got to try to make it right with family members. As much as it, it is within our power, the Word of God says we should be peacemakers. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean they all, they're going to reciprocate. That doesn't mean they're going to return it. It's not going to be always tit for tat. Amen. But as far as my side of the equation, my side of the ledger, it's got to be clean. Can I get a witness in the house? So, so how do I reach my brother? I reconnect with my brother. Amen. For the purpose of, 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 of establishing right relationship and, and, and hopefully... At some point, I'll be able to interject, uh, you know, something about the faith to be an influential voice in his or her life. Amen, somebody. To attract them to the one that I'm attracted to. Amen. Andrew was devout. He was serious about his faith. Ain't nobody going to take you serious about the faith unless you're serious about the faith. Amen? What evidence do you have? 
Have you memorized any scriptures? You know, or can, or can you at least turn to some? Turn to a few scriptures? Strategically, to encourage, uh, to empower, to equip, to bless somebody else? Have I delved into the word? Am I biblically literate? Amen. It only takes a little bit of time each day. If you just would study the Bible 10 minutes a day, you'll make significant progress in the course of a year. It's not a voluminous book. It's not a huge book. But if you take it off small chunks at a time, meditate on it, pray about it, study it. Study it means I got a pencil in my hand when I'm reading it. I got, a, I got a piece of paper in my hand when I'm reading it, and I'm determining to make notes about what I read and study and meditate upon. Andrew was devout. He was in the Word of God. Uh, if not, he would not have had any credibility unless he was in the Word of God. Too often, we're in the church, but we're not in the Word. Amen, somebody. You're depending on me to give you the word, but I can't give you what God gave me, uh, only a portion of it. Amen, somebody. That stuff is in here. You can't extract that from in here. You got to have it in here for yourself. You got to have it in here for yourself. Amen, somebody. So, so I got I to gotta stop allowing this church or church attendance be a religious exercise. A ritualistic routine, amen, a habit, a responsibility, a duty, a chore, amen. Well I, well, I checked off the box today. I made it to church, and now I'm just relaxing in my easy chair, amen. I, I did what I was supposed to do. Well, what you're supposed to do <laughs> is reach some other folk for Jesus, too, not sit back selfishly. I got mine. You need to get yours the best way you can. Amen? You might as well be telling somebody, other people, family members, friends, uh, co-workers, uh, you can go to hell. Because that's where they're headed. Amen? Don't you care? Andrew had care and compassion about the status of his brother. He wanted his brother to know Jesus. He wanted his brother to love Jesus. He wanted his brother to sit at the feet of Jesus. He wanted his brother to be empowered and equipped by Jesus. He wanted his brother to be saved and set free. He wanted his brother to live and not die. He wanted his brother to experience abundant life, eternal life, everlasting life. Amen, somebody. But do we care about our brothers and sisters like that? The status of their souls. Because based on the statistics... Most of our family and friends, co-workers, are unchurched, and in many instances, unsaved. Amen, somebody? So what does that mean? We got work to do. First, you got to work on me. I got to get to the place where I believe that Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, is worth, worth having. And because I have this relationship, I know that others connecting with him is worth it. Amen? Because it's worth it for me. It's worth it for me in substantive ways. 
He's transformed my heart, my mind, my spirit, my life, my lifestyle. He's changed my behavior, my attitude, my disposition, my understanding. I have peace and joy as a result of my connection with God so I can tell the world that it's made a difference for me. Amen. Environments that, where God is espoused and promoted and, you know, is, has made a difference for me. Church attendance has made a difference for me. Amen. It's an environment that I appreciate that I don't take for granted. Amen, somebody. You know, we, we've created an environment. God's blessed us. We're 10 years uh, in, uh, in May into this facility, 15 years old as a church. And look what God, how far God has brought us in such a short period of time. Amen. Celebrate that. And tell God, God, you know, help me to, 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 to be able to convey to others about an environment, about a praise and worship environment, about a church environment, about an atmosphere that's a blessing to me, and I believe it can be a blessing to you. Amen. I, you know, so many t- often people come into this place and say, whoa, I didn't know this place was here. Uh, that's because we ain't telling them about it. Amen. I didn't know, you know, the, the worship and praise was like this and things like that. Well, we got a job to do to reach, reach people, praise God. And it's not a chore, a duty to be here. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. The scripture says that, that, that I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So we ought to have a spirit of excitement about coming into this place, and we ought to be able to convey that excitement to others. But if it's mundane, routine, you know, if I didn't come in here to really worship and praise, if I'm just checking off the box, you're not going to get anything out of it if you don't put anything in it. You're not going to be able to make a withdrawal unless you make a deposit. So what are you depositing? Are you depositing a spirit of worship? Are you depositing a spirit of humility? You know, I heard uh, a wife, she was saying to our grandson, uh, Joel, she said, you know, Joel, she, she said, listen to your parents with the intention to obey. <laughs> no, well, don't just listen to be listening. Listen with the intention to obey. Amen. So, so I'm listening, but what's my intent? Is it like my dad used to say, is it going in one ear and going in one ear and out the other? Or am I listening with the intention of being instructed and guided about life and living? Am I going to apply what I hear? Amen. You know, and, and, and listen, all of us are guilty of neglecting uh, inviting people. I was sitting by a lady waiting on my car to get finished washed. I was at the car wash. I was waiting on my car to get finished watching. I was sitting right next to this lady, and uh, it, it hit my spirit for a second. You know, just invited to church, but then I was kind of searching for one of those invite cards, and I didn't have an invite card, and I, why, next thing I know, she walked away. I didn't do it. Hmm? How many of us have had that occurrence? Or, in my instance, at least it ran across my mind. Somebody said, well, you the pastor. Amen, somebody. <laughs> yeah, remind me of the guy who said, I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to go to church today. So, and then his wife said, honey, baby, you the pastor. <laughs> 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 I 
Pastor has similar struggles. Amen, somebody. So do we connect with people? Do we take advantage of every opportunity to connect with people? Andrew is, is, is esteemed for his desire to get his family saved. Amen? Uh, another instance, in, in John's gospel, amen, uh, the 12th chapter, the 20th verse, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was by Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. These are some folk who are actively seeking out to know and to see Jesus, these Greeks. Philip went and told Andrew. They knew who to go to. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Amen? So, so here, is, here is Andrew bringing some unchurched, unsaved folk to Jesus. Amen? Conducting them, ushering them, escorting them to Jesus. You know? And this is a process. A process of knowing and serving and loving him. Amen? I got to get this right myself. Knowing and serving and loving him, praise God. And in the midst of that, I bring others to him. There was a risk. Amen, somebody. Uh, Andrew is not known as the most educated guy. He's not known to be theologically astute. He, he doesn't have this spiritual acumen. Amen. He doesn't have any proficiency in, in, the, in the scriptures per se. He's a, he's a common laborer. He's, he, he's from the docks and he's a fisherman. Amen, somebody. And, and yet he steps out, takes the risk, and invites others. First, he invites his brother. Amen. And then he invites these Greeks. Amen, somebody. And you would think that he would have been intimidated by inviting somebody. What if they asked me some kind of theological question? I just want you to see Jesus. You know, I can't tell you everything, but I know I have found and experienced a man who's made a difference in my life. Nobody can argue with you about your testimony. So at the moment they try to get theological with you, at the moment they try to get, you know, doctrinal with you, at the moment they try to get, you know, really rigid about beliefs and trying to question you, say, look, I can't answer all them questions. Just be truthful. I can't answer all them questions. I probably could go study it and find out and I'll find you somebody that can answer that particular question. But what I do know is that experientially it's made a difference in me. What I do know is that my connection with him has made a difference in my life. I want to show you what I'm experiencing right now, and I believe it will be impactful for you. When we stand strong on that belief and that invitation, praise God, he didn't have, like I said, a whole lot of background. He was theologically uncomplicated. Amen. But he had this intimate net that he was willing to cast out to make a difference, praise God. So he had his own faith, he had his own belief, he had his own trust, he had childlike belief. Some of us are waiting, well, 
Well, I got to be able to defend the faith. I got to be able to, no, 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 no. Childlike faith. Jesus is real. How you know? How you know he's real? He's real to me. Amen. Say, Jesus will answer prayer. How, how you know he answered prayer? Well, he's answered my prayers. Amen. It, it doesn't have to be complicated. Very simple, very matter of fact, childlike faith, trusting belief, hopeful in that belief. Praise God. Very simple. Amen. And, and it only takes that kind of heart to reach somebody for Christ. He trusted God. Amen. And he was willing to build trust with his family. Amen. His family members in order to bring them to Christ. So he was able to reach across the table. Bill Hybels has a book that says, uh, walk across the room. You know, reach and talk across the, across the table is reaching your family. Walking across the room means reaching your coworkers, your neighbors, you know, those who are outside of your immediate and extended family. Amen. Are you willing to walk across the room? Amen. Are you willing to reach across the world, missional in a thrust, amen? So God is calling us to reach people. There's another instance that, that uh, Andrew is known for bringing somebody to Christ in, in John's gospel, uh, the sixth chapter, the fifth verse, amen? Lifting up his eyes, then he's seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, amen? Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Amen. Next. He said, this is the test. This is to test him for, for in himself, knew, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down about 5,000 in number. That's just the men. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. Amen. So, you know, this is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. But he started with Andrew bringing a boy to Jesus and bringing a boy willing to contribute his lunch, his snack, his little fish dinner. Amen, somebody. And he brought his fish dinner. So Andrew, again, is connecting with young people. Amen? Can you imagine if what would happen if we would connect with young people? Amen? Oh, man, I don't want to fool them children. <laughs> you know, that's, that, 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 I, I don't know, some, I don't know, but something, something about us, we're like, I don't want to fool them young people. <laughs> young folk? You know, I, I already got mine. You see what I'm saying? Somebody else's children? Somebody else's teenager? Amen. It, 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 we, we have too much of a hesitation when it comes to connecting with young people. God has given us some charisma. 
We ought to be connecting with young people. And we ought to be bringing them Jesus. Amen. If we get them while they're young, we won't have these obstacles and these things to overcome well into the future when they get more mature and more cement block-headed. You know, a cement blockhead. Can't nothing get in and can't nothing get out. Just a blockhead. Amen, somebody. It's hard to break that cement once it get established and dry. Amen. Got to get a sledgehammer and break through there. Bam! You know. But while it's soft and pliable, while these young spirits and hearts are reachable, praise God, we ought to be reaching them. And in this instance, they were reached by being taught how to give. Amen. Are we teaching our children how to give to the cause of Christ? Did you give your child a little offering to give in the offering today? Amen. So to teach them how to be sacrificial, how to be giving, how to contribute this, this, these meager amounts. This little boy brought his loaves and fish, and he set them at the feet of Jesus, and it made a difference. Amen. One of the things we need to teach our children is how to give. Amen. It's hard to do that when you ain't. <laughs> Amen, somebody. When I think about my mom and dad, one of the th most impressive things to me about them in the faith is that it was a tangible expression of love. I saw them give their tithes and offerings, and to me it was big money. Amen, somebody. I, told, I tell the story about how I tried to convince my mom to buy me some converse out of that money she was putting to get ready to put in church. <laughs> she looked at me and said, you must be crazy. But I, needed, I thought I needed some converse. <laughs> and she said she couldn't afford them. Amen, somebody. But I saw them give. And I knew that must be real in that they are giving something to something. They're not giving something to nothing. So as a child, I saw them giving something to God, and that made me have more respect and reverence for God. Do your child even know that you give? Have you talked to him about it? You know something? I give. I give my tithes. I give my offerings. This is how much we give. Amen. So that they know you're investing in the kingdom, that you're involved in the kingdom, that you're sacrificing for the kingdom, that the kingdom is real. The kingdom of God is real to you because you're putting your money where your mouth is. Jesus said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Praise God. So, so are our hearts invested in the things of God? Amen. Are we building up the things of God? Are we involved in bringing our children to Christ? In returning to God. Matter of fact, in Malachi uh, 3 and 8, uh, that whole passage, if you look at it, they'll say, look, folk have left God. And then they say, well, how do we return to God? And then God says through Malachi, by bringing your tithes and your offerings, that's one of the ways we return to God. That's one of the ways we repent. Turn towards God by contributing, by giving, by investing in the kingdom of God by, by bringing our meager resources and believing God can do the best with what we have. Amen. John 6 and 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. One of the reasons that Andrew invested in telling people about Christ and bringing people to Christ, they, he knew that he is the hunger satisfier. Amen. And, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. They knew that Jesus was the real 
thirst quencher, not Gatorade. Amen. Jesus quenches thirst. Jesus supplies for hunger. Jesus is our sustenance. Jesus is our provider, praise God. So they knew that people always need something and that Jesus is one that meet needs. He'll meet your needs, the Word of God says, according to his riches and glory. So they wanted to, get, wanted to get him fed, get his family, his friends, those who wanted to know Christ fed. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. I want my family members, I want my friends, I want my coworkers, I want folk to live. Live eternally, live in an everlasting way. So I'm going to invest in bringing them. Amen, somebody. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, so everybody needs some direction. Everybody needs some purpose. And Jesus is the provider of direction and purpose, praise God. So I got to give them to Jesus so they'll discover their true purpose. I got give to give them to Jesus so they'll discover their true destiny. I got to give them to Jesus so that they'll be on the road and they'll receive the instruction and guidance for life and living. Amen, somebody. John 3 and 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So I want them to escape punishment. I want them to escape these detrimental consequences for not receiving our Maker, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Sustainer, the Keeper of our souls. Amen, somebody. So I want them to learn to see, to live. First Thessalonians, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. Amen. The kind of reception we had among you. Praise God. And how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Again, turn. Turn. Turning towards God is all we're trying to get folk to do, is to turn towards God. Amen. Who are you turning towards God? I got to first turn myself. About face. Turn. That's our job. We got to get on the job. Praise God. Because people being lost, generations can be lost overnight almost. People can lose faith, lose direction, lose their spirituality. So we want people to know, to love, and to serve God. To know, to love, and to serve God. Praise God. Acts 14, 15, and I'm almost finished. Won't you stand all over the house? Praise God. Men. Why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Turn to, turn towards a living God. God lives. Somebody say he lives. How do you know he lives? There's a song said, because he lives in me. I know he lives. I know he lives because he lives in me.
I know he lives because he brought me alive. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind. But thank God, now I see. So we want people to see and to sense, to experience, and to know Jesus. So we have a job to do. Can I get a witness? We have a job to do. To reach people on behalf of the kingdom. To invite people. To compel. The word of God says to compel them to come in. What's compelling? There's nothing compelling like no more compelling than your faith story. There's nothing more compelling than your witness. There's nothing more compelling than your testimony. There's nothing more compelling than you letting your light shine brightly, reflecting and reproducing the power of God, reflecting it to others. So I want to invite somebody today to make a decision to step out on faith, to connect with the church of Jesus Christ, to reconnect with the church of Jesus Christ, to acknowledge the family of God as a, as a family that I need to be a part of. So today, you can come accepting Christ. You, maybe you've already accepted Christ, but now you need to connect with the church of Jesus Christ, his bride, his family, his foe, his fellowship, the community of the redeemed. And I want to invite somebody to make a decision today to step out in and on faith, to come forward in his mighty and magnificent name, to let him have his way in you today. You don't have to feel a certain way. You just step out on faith. Let him have his way in you today. We're inviting you together. Say to, say to somebody near you, I invite you. Say to somebody, just, it doesn't matter, I invite you. We are inviting one another into closer relationship with Christ, and we're inviting folk to come and connect with the church of Jesus Christ. This section of it called Rejoice. In the name of Jesus, we invite you to come. We're going to worship for a few moments, and you are invited.
love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Won't you bow your ears all over the house and just pray after me for a moment? Oh God.